morning. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, wonderful God. If you have a Bible, we're going to turn to the book of 1 Peter. If you have trouble finding that, go to the book of Revelation and work your way backwards just a few pages, and you'll come across it. Glad for each and every one that's here this morning. Glad for each and every one of you. First Peter chapter one. I'm going to begin with verse three. First Peter chapter one and verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a reference to spirit and flesh, by the way which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance, verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. Reserved in heaven for you. It's going to be really good to have something set aside for you in heaven. It's going to be all there, ready and waiting. Sounds good to me. Sounds real good. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. There is a, a reality that people are in real need of uh, facing. A lot of people run from reality, want to bury their head in the sand or something. But uh, better face it. It's a heaven and a hell issue here. It's going to be one place or the other. For all eternity. And God help every one of us to get very heaven conscious. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to let anything get in the way. Don't want to let anything else somehow take priority in my life and start making decisions that lead me away from that heavenly focus. The Bible did say that there was ten lepers. They stood afar off. And they called out to Jesus with a loud voice. And they called out for mercy. Have mercy on us. Now, leprosy is a type of sin. So these were ten sinners that stood afar off. And they cried out for mercy. Well, I'll give them credit for their timing. They were alive. As some people say, they were on top of the dirt. 
and they cried out for mercy. Good timing. Still had breath in their body. As they cried out to him, his answer to them was, go show yourself unto the authorities. The spiritual authorities in those days. Bible said they they begin to do that. They were heading in that direction. Good faith, good obedience. No fuss, no muss, no argument. Nothing like that. They just heard what he said and they started in that direction to do just what he said. That's good faith because you know these guys, some of them missing a the nose, some in the ear, fingers all gone, looking rough. Commanded by the law to stay away from everybody and let everybody know they're somewhere in the vicinity and to proclaim unclean. That's what they had to do. Yeah. Not so much different, really, when you think about it today. People have a tendency to group up and people... Their, lang their, their body language and their lifestyle definitely screams unclean. The things that they're involved with and the things that they're doing. At least it should to the church and to people who have this great knowledge of truth. Baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Having your understanding opened. There are things that should definitely... Scream out to you. That's unclean. Stay away from that. Those people, unclean. The only thing we're going to have around them is a witnessing. We're going to tell them, and then we're moving on. Everybody said praise the Lord. So, these ten lepers and their faith and their obedience If they didn't believe, they wouldn't go anywhere near the spiritual authorities to show themselves. What for? They had already been diagnosed. It was already very clear. But Jesus said, go show yourself. And so in obedience, they did. But you know what happened? Somewhere along the, the way, one Individual looked and he, I'm healed. I'm cleansed. And man, he did a U-turn. He could hear the, the brakes and the wheels squealing. <laughs> and he started back to Jesus. He came back, man. He fell flat on his face, thanking him, thanking him. This needs to mean a lot to us, what he has done for us. That we have been baptized in his precious name, washed in his blood, and filled with the great gift of eternal life, the gift of the Holy Ghost, placed in the body of Christ, and told, now you have something reserved for you. In heaven, 
set aside for future use. You really got something to look forward to here beyond this life. To lift up your eyes and to see and visualize the spiritual realm. To get this beautiful, if you please, glimpse, peak, a little peak. Or what did the country fellow say? A little look-see. <laughs> you get yourself, another country term is gander. You get a little gander. Take a little gander. But uh, the point is that you realize that there's really something more than here. The Bible talked about the children of this world, quote, unquote, the children of this world. And it contrasted it with the children of light. The children of revelation. The children who've got their understanding opened to know what it's really all about. All right? You know, I remember when I first was witness to, been on the earth 20 years, that didn't make me very old, but it, it I wasn't in diapers either. And, uh, getting witnessed to by a man that was in the body of Christ, in the church. And I remember the scriptures, and I would ask questions, and he would say, read this for yourself. And I would read it. And there it was. It was amazing to me that it, as I look back, that it was plain as day. I've had people come and say, I can't understand it. I can't understand the scriptures. Well, you know, if you're, if you're wanting God, have mercy on me. Help me. I see that I'm sinful. Lost. Things are a mess. I keep tripping over the same thing, falling over the same thing. Can't seem to get up and get going here. You know, the body of Christ, the truth of God, is here to pick you up and put you on your feet and get you going in a, in a profitable direction. That's for sure. And everybody said amen. And as, as you let God deal with your heart, The Bible said in Luke 24 and 45, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. That you begin to, to see things like God sees things. And that's what we want to do. <laughs> Somehow we want to get in God's mind. The Bible did talk about the mind of Christ and having that mind. And that you start thinking right, you start seeing right. The confusion goes away. The darkness goes away. And revelation comes. Light comes. And things that 
up to this point weren't clear. How did one writer say, though we look through a glass darkly? But you know, God has some good old Windex. <laughs> Holy Ghost Windex. And he can just clear it up for you. He can open your understanding that you'll understand the Scriptures. And the, you'll see things. One man was uh, wanting to be able to see he was blind. Jesus prayed for him. And he asked him, how do you see? And he said, well, I see all men as trees. He wasn't seeing quite clearly, obviously. So the Bible said that Jesus took him and told him, made him actually, made him look up. Made him look up. And then in praying for him, the Scripture teaches that he saw every man clearly. That old Windex, that Holy Ghost Windex, that Spirit of the Lord, that touch of the Master's hand, that anointing. Man, it was marvelous. But he got him to look up. How was the difference? We got we to gotta look up. The Bible said you can receive nothing except you receive it from above. And if, you'll, if you'll allow God to deal with your heart, if you won't fight God, if you won't resist the church, if you'll work and flow and cooperate and be thankful and appreciative, I tell you that God's miracles are guaranteed in your life. He's, he's never going to let you down. He's never going to lie to you. And that's something to be able to say in this world, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And when the church, the body of Christ, was given birth to and established in the earth, the only church that Jesus ever started. It's not a building. It's the body of Christ. That's the church, the congregation. Universal. God has people everywhere. He's got people in the grave, too. And believe me, they're, they're wanting out of there. They're wanting to, one place showed them as their spirits as being under an altar. In heaven, crying out, How long, O oh Lord? You know, there's an anxiousness for that first resurrection to be caught up. The Bible said the people that are on the earth, the blessed people who are doing their Lord's will, they're going to be caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. I guess there's something faster than a twinkling of an eye, though, because a dead in Christ are going to be there. They're going to get there first. They're going to win the race. <laughs> They're going to kind of edge us out. And we're going to join with them and Jesus in the air, and so shall we ever be. Yeah, Lord. 
Come on, they're going to, them in the grave are going to hear his voice, the Bible said. They're going to rise to everlasting life. But you know, there's another side to that. There's another side to that. There's going to be that scripture, a little comma, Thousand years difference between the two statements in that scripture. Hear that voice, rise to everlasting life, comma. Thousand years later, there's going to be those that come up out of the grave to everlasting shame and contempt. They would not believe God. They would not work with the church. They wouldn't get this experience or keep let this keep it and let it keep them. Yeah. Everlasting shame and contempt. How horrible. How horrible. There's such a, a great promise. Such a wonderful promise here. The church, as I said, the only church he ever started, gave birth to. Acts chapter 2 records it. He told them to go and receive the Holy Ghost. And about 120, in hearing his word, obeyed him. Kind of sounds like those lepers, doesn't it? They obeyed what he said. They headed right on out. Yeah. It's about 120. They headed right on out, and they went where he told them to go, to Jerusalem, to the upper room. And as they did that and were obedient, the Bible teaches that they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak in other languages as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Languages that they did not know, that they had not been taught and learned. It happened as God's Spirit gave them the ability. It came along with the Spirit that filled them, was sent into their heart, their believing heart. And in believing in their hearts, His Spirit entering in, they began to cry out, Abba. Father. Oh, yeah. And they all being filled with this great gift of the Holy Ghost. Being a part now of the body of Christ. The church began to go forth. Tell everybody everywhere. Because after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You have power to become a witness. A lot of people go around and claim to be a witness, but they don't have it. They don't have it. They have rejected that. They don't believe in that. They're just doing their thing. Lots of people are doing their thing. Okay? We want to be doing God's thing. Much more important. Much more important. What the Bible says, people are going to stand around and like they're praying, and they think for their much speaking. You know, for well, they're much speaking. 
And uh, the Bible teaches that Jesus made it clear that it's not getting anywhere. It's not doing anything. Not at all. Not at all. Pretense and form and fashion means nothing to God. This is a heart salvation. Not your natural pump, the seed of your thought, your intellect, and your emotions. This is a, a heart salvation. We don't have belly religion. We don't have head religion. Education, not against it, but that's not it. It's not built on that. Bible teaches very plainly that Jesus poured out his spirit as he said he would. Joel 2.28, come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy. The young men will see visions. The old men will dream dreams. On my servants and my handmaidens will I pour out of my spirit, saith the Lord. And when that took place, that birth of the church, the body of Christ, don't think building, it's a, it's a, it's a body of believers. And they went forth everywhere. They began to tell everybody. They filled Jerusalem with the doctrine of Christ, known as the Apostles' Doctrine. And in so doing, many, many people's lives were being changed for the good. Not just changed for the sake of change. A thorough change of the heart to where the things they used to do, they didn't do them anymore. The things that hold you captive, no longer. One man came to Jesus. Nobody could do anything with him. His life consisted of wandering in the dead-end places, the catacombs and the tombs. Where he'd scream and cry out and cut himself. We do a lot of self-inflicted damage by following the wrong things, being in the wrong places, thinking in the wrong patterns. And uh, he lifted up his eyes, this man, this crazy man, and he saw Jesus afar off who had just gotten out of a boat at the shore. He cried out to him and ran to him. This man that nobody could do anything with. Nobody could tame him. Always something going wrong. Well, Jesus asked him, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion. There's many of us. Well, his guy was full of the devil. A lot of bad spirits there. And, uh, you know, this truth is so real, and the devil is so afraid of it, that he, this man with legion of devils in him, he cried out, are you come to torment us before the time? Oh, the devil knows his days are marked. 
That, you know, he's got, he's, he's got a reservation also, the devil, and all that went with him from heaven that he tempted and lied to, and they followed him, a third of the heavenly host. They came to earth, and boy, they've caused nothing but havoc. Cried out, what do we do to the, how, what do we have to do with thee? They said, don't cast us into the deep. Not before the time. Huh. Yeah. You know, the Bible said the devil believes there's one God. And he trembles. But you got people going around teaching false doctrine for centuries now. And of course they're teaching more than one God. Because anything that goes opposite what God's word declares is what's going to, the devil's going to bring. The opposing force is going to bring. come up with their slick theology. Funny thing is, when they, about 325 A.D., when they came up with their slick theology, they didn't come right out and say there was more than one God. They just divided him into three. And all the terms that they use and teach cannot be found in the Scripture. But they anticipated that, you know that? And they said, what are we going to say? How are we going to defend that it's not in the Scripture, this doctrine that we're going to introduce? And they came up with, we'll tell them it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Well, this one God who created heaven and earth sent his church to witness his truth into all the world. And as they did so, and as God worked with them as they worked, and he confirmed his word with signs and wonders and miracles, many marvelous things in people's lives, changing their lives for the good, where the, the alcoholic no longer had a desire for alcohol. And the drug addict, other forms of drugs, had no desire for that anymore. They got something better. You know, when the Lord takes the bad out, he doesn't leave you empty. He replaces it with something better. It's called the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is the gift of life eternal. Amen. And amen. And amen. And according to the scripture, it tells you this. But beloved, be not ignorant. Well, I like that. Let's not be uh, lacking in knowledge, spiritual things. Be not ignorant of this one thing. Boy, this must be important. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. All them Rolexes isn't going to do anybody any good in the world to come. It's going to be eternity, world without end. That's why I'm telling you it's a heaven and hell issue here. You got to be thinking about, you know, if you're going to make a trip, if you're going to,
drive somewhere and spend the night, or if you fly somewhere and you're going to spend the night, if you're still brave enough to fly, you're going to do that, then uh, you pretty much need to call ahead and make a reservation for a room in most cases. Make a reservation. What about making a reservation for eternity? Planning to be in heaven? Oh, everybody's planning they're going to go to heaven. You know? Everybody can come up with those rationalizations as to why they ought to get to go to heaven. You know. But you know, Jesus made it crystal clear. Here comes a guy. He's wearing his judicial robes. He sits on the Supreme Court of the Sanhedrin. He's no slouch in this world. And he uh, wise enough to put a couple of good words together and coming to speak to Jesus, he said, hey, we know you're a teacher come from God. Boy, he's fixing to put the butter on real thick. No man can do the miracles that thou doest. Except God be with him. Jesus never hesitated. Not one nanosecond. He went right to it. He told him, he said, you must be born again. Or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, Mr. Smarty Pants, he starts fumbling around. All these things he took in all the advanced degrees. How, how, how do I do that? How do I get born again? How does that done? Do I enter the second time into my mother's womb? This guy's bright. One of the best and the brightest in the land. <laughs> And so, Jesus said, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit, or you cannot see the kingdom of God. He goes on to say, that which is flesh is flesh. That which is natural is natural. So forget the thing about the second time of Moses, because we're not talking about natural birth. He said, that which is spiritual is spiritual. A little further on down, he told him, if I speak to you of simple things, ABC things, kindergarten things. Every once in a while I do something wrong, my wife say, did you ever go to kindergarten? <laughs> I'm telling on myself. <laughs> and, uh, you know, being a teacher, she's big on especially kindergarten because that's where you learn the basics, right? Somebody said everything in life they learned, they learned it in kindergarten. I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, Jesus said, I'm, I'm telling you the most basic things, and you're not getting it. How am I? And you're supposed to be a, a master around here. He said, what's going to happen when I start talking to you about heavenly things? 
You know, the Bible teaches that the spiritual things are foolishness to man, to the natural man. How many cried out, help me, Jesus. Help me. I got a problem. I got some situations here. Help me. Help me out. Whether it's blindness or leprosy, which is like cancer. Help me here. Help me here. You know? He went about doing good, and he sent his church to do that. The body of Christ. To heal and to save and to deliver, to improve lives and to get people to make their reservation, to get ready, to know that there's something, once you're born again, there's something reserved in heaven for you. And you know, it's not difficult to get born again. He said of water, get baptized in water, is the example given, in the name of of Jesus Christ, which is for the full pardon of all of your sins. And to be born again of the Spirit. Oh, we don't want just any spirit. You can have any water. You can go use that canal if you want. I don't recommend it. The alligators might think you're lunch. I, I think that... Uh, we can do better than the shark and alligator infested waters. We had a guy that his mother lived down the street here and he flew a helicopter for the sheriff's department. He would come and land right on our backyard here and visit his mother. And he told us because he did the coastline. And he said, if, if people knew all the sharks that were around them when, when they are in those waters. He said they wouldn't go in those waters. Yeah. We, need, we need to waken people. It even said awake to righteousness and sin not. Wake up. Wake up. It's a heaven and hell issue here. And it's an eternal issue. World without end. At your last breath, you're going to be one place or the other. There was that certain man, no joke, he could have put the name to it, but he didn't. Certain man, he had a closet full of, I don't know who you like, it doesn't matter to me, Ralph or Tommy or... Calvin or somebody, whatever designer thing you like. His closet was full of it. Some of it probably was very custom made too. And uh, he fared sumptuously every day, the Bible said. Fine linen. Yeah. He was he was dapper. And uh, he ignored, he ignored the appeal for him to get his mind on the spiritual and the heaven and hell issue. He ignored it. Turned away from it. 
too busy. Had to go buy another fine suit. Just too busy to pay any attention to the appeal to come get born again. Always ignoring one particular individual who represented the, the church, a witness, somebody. He didn't look too good. He didn't dress too good. He, his shoes weren't shiny enough. He just turned away from him in disgust all the time. He kind of considered him to be like a beggar. Just really down at the other end of the ladder, so to speak. But the Bible said it came to pass that this church person, he died. The angels came and took him. Period. And then it said, and the rich man died and was buried. Period. Wow. Sounds like a little difference to me there. You know, when I have to take the vehicle in, which is quite often, to get repaired. Oh, I know a lot of the guys, and I'll tell them, hey, bring around the loaner. You know, the Rolls-Royce loaner. <laughs> right, that's when they bring me a bicycle. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I'll take those angels. The angels, the heavenly, holy, elect angels came and got this, this born-again person. Oh, yeah. But the guy that fared sumptuously and rich and all that other stuff that he had his mind on, Bible just said he died and was buried. That's it. But, it's, you know, the account doesn't end there. Because it tells you that this rich man lifted up his eyes in hell, in torment, and seeing afar off, saw that one that he ignored. Kept trying to tell him, kept trying to get him saved, kept trying to get him to be born again, make a reservation in heaven. Yeah. And there he sees him. He's in the arms of something he could identify with, what's called Father Abraham. Him being with his background. And he cries out and he says, Send him back here. Send him here. Just let him dip his finger in water and touch the end of my tongue because I'm tormented in these flames. Vance came back and said, no, no, no. See, there's a great gulf fixed between us so that they that are here, they can't pass to where you're at just like they'd want to, Right? And he said, and neither can those like you, where you're at, pass to where we're at. Great gulf fixed. Oh, man. He started getting real interested then. All the things that he ignored, now they're uppermost on his mind. Oh, yeah, you'll have your memory in that wrong place. And it's going to beat you up. 
Man, and that said, send him back and let him tell my five brothers not to come here. Don't let them follow my bad example. Say, well, they have Moses. They have the prophets. They have the word of God, in other words. They have the church, body of Christ, universal, reaching people everywhere. Doesn't matter what country, what nationality, what continent, what language, dialect, what shade of skin. Makes no difference. The church is sent into the earth to reach everybody, everywhere. No respect of persons. None whatsoever. And my God, this man is being told that's what they have. God's made provision. And if they don't believe that, they're not going to believe one, though he rose from the dead. Very important. Nothing really is more important. Now, there are people that they become great believers in the last second of life. They become great believers in deathbed repentances. Well, I'm all for repentance. But Jesus said you must be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ to get all your sins taken care of. And he said, and you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can God do it as the time is winding down, as the sands are going through the hourglass? Oh, yes, he can. Yes, he can. But it sounds a whole lot easier than it is. And I've seen people. I've seen people. The Bible said today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Another place it said, matter of fact, work while it's day. Get with it while you can. Because there's a time coming when it's going to be so dark. Nothing's going to work. Hearts are going to be so dark. All of society and the earth is going to be so dark. So filled with sin and the grip of Satan on this world will be so extreme. And the deception with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, the Scripture said. You know, you can believe the truth and be saved. Or you can believe the lie that's coming and be damned. Up to you. But it's definitely a heaven or hell issue. There is a truth. And you can have that truth. No matter who you are, no matter where you're at, no matter what your background is. Some people like to pull the, the card, you know, well, I've just done too much wrong. That's not true. At least in the sense of you can't be forgiven or saved because you've done so much wrong. That's not true. That's actually throwing insult at God that he's not strong enough and big enough and almighty enough 
to save a person. He can save anybody, anywhere. His cry to you is only believe. Only believe. If, you, if, you're, if I told you this building was on fire and you believe me, you'd be heading for the door. Not too many weeks ago, you know how it is, it, the weather and certain things do it, and um, you open your door and in comes Mr. Frog. And um, see, my wife doesn't do frogs. And this was a big frog. It wasn't one of the little goody guys, you know, that you'd reach down one hand, grab it, open the door, and throw them out. No, no, this was not a little frog. I'm telling you, this was the mother of all frogs. This was a big old frog. Yeah. And brother, he was all kinds of funny spots and things on him. <laughs> and she was in another room, and I, I'm trying to do it real quiet, Brother Eddie. I'm trying not to let it out that there's a frog in the house. So I'm, but the little booger went under a piece of furniture, but there was only one way in there, and there'd only be one way out. And I, but I was, I said, man, if I go, you know, I needed something, right, to put him in a container and, and all of that. He was a whopper. It would have taken two hands to handle him, I promise you. So I figured I'll get a container and I'll put it down on him and put something on the bottom and take him out. And uh, so I had my plan, but I, how do I leave where he's at to go get what I need? Because about the time I do that, he's going to come out of there and God knows where he'll go from there. And it was, it was pretty late at night. It was about 10 o'clock and. And uh, all of a sudden, I look, and there's the boss. And I said, oh, God. And I said, um, over there, could you get me that container and the broom? Why? What are you doing? I I'm, I'm just, you know, there's a frog in the house. What? <laughs> and here we go. Oh, boy, we're off to the races, you know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she gives me the broom and the container. And I put that broom on there, and I got that frog to come out. When he came out, oh, brother. <laughs> she, she was like, oh, 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 I'm out of here. I'm leaving. <laughs> she was already making plans, friend, what, what hotel she was going to or whose house she was going to crash. <laughs> I'm telling you what. <laughs> But I got old Mr. Frog. We had a good-sized container, and I, I scooped him out with that, that broom, and I put that thing down on top of him, and I got that broom underneath, and, and I said, okay, open the door for me. So she unlocked and opened the door, and boom, I threw him out. You heard him hit, boom. <laughs> we shut the door and locked the door, and that was the end of that. But uh, I'm saying to you that, you know, there are things that, have a way of getting our attention. And uh, we need to let this get our attention. We really need to let some, the, the, the respect for God, the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom, get a hold of us. Doesn't matter if your team wins or loses. Doesn't matter if you wind up rich or poor. They're over in Palm Beach and multi-million. Some of them are billionaires, and they're preaching now that there's going to be the first trillionaire. Well, big deal. You're still going to die one day. 
and you're going to have to spend eternity in one place or the other. There's no other third place. They want to make up all of these feel-good theologies, you know, that it's not in the book. It's not in the Word of God. It's just natural thinking, which doesn't work with God. Help us, God. Help us to realize the severity of the issue, the gravity of the issue before us. You can get distracted by so many things in life, and the enemy is throwing everything he can, even to the point that the Bible said he will perform miracles. He will bring fire down from heaven. He's going to confuse the issue big time with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, all that unrighteousness that he's going to employ, friend. Oh, yeah. He's going to have them saying, well, you can do this and go to heaven. You can do that and go to heaven. You can do the other and go to heaven. All kinds of unrighteous words and thoughts and phrases and theologies. And that's what people, you know, especially here in America, we, we do things, we shop the American way. Now we do it online, though, right? You're looking for the best price, sure enough. You know, you know well, I can get this down at the store, and somebody comes along and says, yeah, I can get the same thing cheaper online. Deliver it to my house the next day. <laughs> the American way, right? American way. That's what people do, though, with, with church. Yeah. They just visit around. They find the most comfortable fit. It's not about truth. It's about creature comfort. Better get your mind on truth. Get your mind on this book and chapter and verse and subject matter. And get an experience from God that's real. That's going to change you for the good. Going to make a new you. New person walking in your shoes. So the places you used to go, you don't want to go there anymore. The things you used to say, you don't talk that way anymore. The attitudes that you've displayed, that's gone. You really become a new person, a new creature or creation in Christ Jesus. We become his creation. Yes, we do. Good works come into our heart. We're going to be known for a whole different lifestyle than what we used to be known for. Man, and that legion of devils was casted out. A devil was begging. Don't cast us into the deep. Cast us into that herd of swine. Oh, the devil's afraid. You might want to take a little cue from that. He's afraid of the deep, the abyss, eternal separation from God, from everything that's good, opportunity. Somebody said they had a dream about hell, and they said there, when asked about it, it was like they were transported there. 
And they said, the thing I noticed the most was an absence of God. God wasn't there. You better believe it. You better believe it. Nothing but reserved in darkness. That's the word reserved is connected with that. Darkness. Yeah. Those devils were casted out. And this guy that nobody could do anything with, this bad-tempered, bad-attitude dude, couldn't stay in his home, couldn't keep anything going marriage-wise or anything else-wise. Kids didn't want to be around. Nobody could do it. Well, the Lord's getting ready to go. Little boat's leaving, and he said, I want to go with you. People from the town had come out. They heard something had happened, and they see this guy. But now he's clothed, when before he didn't wear clothes. They found him sitting at the feet of Jesus contentedly. Nobody could get him to cooperate at all before. They said he was, they, they, they saw him, they witnessed that he was in his right mind after he'd been a lunatic, out of his mind, crazy, uncontrollable. He said, Jesus, let me go with you. Let me go with you. Let me get in the boat go with you. I'm so happy. Jesus said, nope. He said, not vacation time yet. He said, you head on back to the town from whence you come. And you go show them how great things God has done for you. That's what you do. Go live the life. Lots of people talking. He said, go live the life. Go show them how great things God has done for you. That you're not like you used to be. And boy, they remember how you used to be. I mean, they... They barred the doors and they, they locked them. The Bible said they couldn't, the chains couldn't hold him. Nobody could do anything with this guy. He had, he had a lot of superhuman strength because of all the devils that were in him. When I was a young man, I, I had a friend, and I didn't understand because I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know anything spiritual. And uh, five policemen. We used to always go to Howard Johnson's. You probably don't even know what that is, and I don't think it's in business anymore anywhere. And uh, well, that was kind of a big thing back in our day where we lived. And uh, kind of became our little hangout. And one night he, he got to acting, this friend of mine, he got to acting really bad. And uh, so they called the cops. The cops came. It took five burly cops to handcuff him behind his back. And I didn't know why, you know, his dad was the Southeast Pacific champion boxing in the Navy. And one night, his dad said to his son, who was my friend, he said, uh, you think you're so tough. He said, go ahead. 
friend hauled off and hit him and knocked him right over the chair. He rolled over in his head, over his head, and in the corner. <laughs> when I look back after I got this great truth, I realized that he had the devil. Full of the devil. Many other things that came to my remembrance that he did, and the way he acted, and the manacle laugh. Oh dear God! That's how this dude was. Jesus cast the devil out of him. Yes, he did. Cast the devil out of him. Oh, yeah. Now he's clothed. He's able to sit. He's in his right mind. It's been a real change here. This isn't fake. This isn't phony. This, this is not just words. This is walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Now he's got a reservation. He's got something reserved for him in heaven. Something set aside for the future. Everybody's worried about their, their benefits. Well, hey, guess what? My benefits are out of this world, honey. That's the benefit I want. I want that reservation reserved in heaven, the book said. That's what I want. Let me read just a little bit more. I realize that time is ticking away. It's tick, tick, ticking away. In 2 Peter, so you just have to go over a, a page here. In 2 Peter, chapter 3, I read to you where, a little bit, but I want to back up and read to you where it said in verse 7, but the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, that's the word of God, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. He said, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, and that's when he brought in eternity. One day is the Lord, a thousand years, a thousand years, one day. Verse 9, the Lord, though, is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing, this is God, He's not willing that any should perish, but that all, A-double-L, all should come to repentance. If you're believing, like I told you, if you believe I tell you this place on fire and you believe and you're going for that door, you're going to do something. You're not going to sit there and suck your thumb. You know? You're going to get up and you're going to hit that door. You don't want to be caught in a burning building. Not at all. And so, I'm saying to you, believe is not just saying, I believe. That's not the biblical definition when Jesus said, only believe. Notice what he said. And in subject matter, it goes like this. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you're believing, you're going to repent. And that all should be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're believing, you're going to do that. And that all should be filled with the gift 
of the Holy Ghost. We're talking subject matter here. Yes, my friend, if you're claiming to believe, that shows that you're believing. That's the proof, if you please. That's the fruit on the tree. Yes, it is. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works the works that are therein shall be burned up seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved what manner of persons ought ye to be oh brother looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, in spite of all of that that's coming, he said, we, the church, the body of Christ, we according to his promise, Look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, don't be neglectful, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blemish, blameless. The only way we're going to be that way is to be baptized in Jesus' name because his name is where the blood is at and that's what washes us clean. And you only have to get baptized the one time. I got news for you. Correctly, that is. And I want to say, not as a baby. That's, that's not biblical, and that's not baptism. Okay? Baby didn't do anything wrong. Baby doesn't know the difference between right and wrong. You got to get to the place of mental maturity where you know right from wrong. So you can say, I'm sorry, and I'm turning away from that. Him that stole, steal no more. And so many other things like that. So you, you come to that place, and you, when you get baptized in Jesus' name, in his name, that's what washes you clean, and your continuation in the church, in the body of Christ, is what's going to, every day, you're going to talk to God. Every day, you're going to update. Isn't it nice you can update with God every day? So that you can, you know, everybody wants to wash their car. I got my man. He, boy, he gets all them bugs off for me. Thank God for that. And I got my God. He gets all my spiritual bugs off. He gets all those things that want to attach themselves to me and make sin in my life. He keeps that. I can come to him and get that all taken care of every day. I can repent and overcome every day. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, then. So I'm trying to say to you, basically what I'm trying to tell you is this reservation, this reservation. I want to, I want to have what he said here in 1 Peter to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith 
unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Oh, God, it's a heaven and hell issue here. It really is. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. Are you still on top of the dirt? Are you still got breath in your body? And I might say, while well, you still have some mind. We're living in a time of dementia. Sometimes it's of the Alzheimer's sort. And sometimes it strikes early. Don't wait till you lose your mind. You can't think. You don't even know who you are. The real you has disappeared. We had a preacher, and he got like a tumor in his brain. And his family in another state, his family, and they were all in the church, been here for years. And uh, they felt like they had prayer, and they felt like they should let the doctor operate. The doctor peeled his skull back and took out a pretty good part of his brain, scooped it out, you know. Sewed him back up. He seemed to be okay. And then he wasn't. And they wanted to go back and have the surgeon fix him, take more out. And the surgeon said, if I do that, said it's, he's just going to be gone. You can just take so much. He said, I took the max. He said, can't take any more. And the preacher was saying, without quality of life, if I can't preach, if I can't sing, if I can't play my guitar, if I can't do the work of God, he said, what's the point? And there was contact with me, and I told him, I said, the Bible said to depart and be with Christ. When you've got a reservation, no sweat, depart and be with Christ is far better. A little tough for us who are left behind, but if you love somebody and you want the best for them, you let them go. And they did. They did. They did. They did. Yeah. When you, it's a whole different thing when, you, when you're going to the right place. And you're assured of it. And that's a Bible word, assurance. You're assured of it. Oh, yeah. So what do you say? Not difficult, really. Price has been paid. He gave his life on the cross. He took every slap, every spitting, every whip on the back, every two-inch thorn in his skull, nails in his hands and his feet, hung there until his heart burst. Oh, yeah, that flesh, that sacrifice, that lamb of God, until he cried out, my God, my God. Why wow, stuff forsaken me, meaning the spirit was leaving the body. And he gave up the ghost. That's what the Bible says. He gave up the spirit. Yeah. But three days later. Yeah, the lady showed up at the at the graveyard. And they went into the sepulchre. Nothing. 
They turn around and looking, and to the side they see the big stone that had been in the ceiling of the tomb, and they see a big old angel sitting on the rock. He said, "What seek ye?" Jesus of Nazareth. He said, oh, he's not here. <laughs> he's not here. That bus left. <laughs> he gone. Oh yeah, he's risen. But you go tell his disciples that he's going to go before them into the city. To be, be ready for him. He's coming. Just like he said he would. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, he also said in one place, he said, why seek ye the living among the dead? <laughs> he's not hanging out in the graveyard. Oh, no. Come on, church family. My God. It is written in another place, he said, he's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. He's the God of the living. Be alive in Christ. Oh, yeah. You're alive. You're, you're victorious now. All that junk that had you bound, just like that man, that legions, it's all under your feet now. It's all under the blood now. You've been set free. Whom the Son of Man hath made free, he's free indeed. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Come on now, give him a big hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's try this. Let's stand together. Repeat after me. Everybody said repent and be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's what you need to do. That's how you get born again. That's the born again experience. And that Jesus said, you must. You must do it. You must. And he meant what he said. You can come up with, well, I did this good thing and I did that good thing, so I should get to go. That's not going to work. Somebody's going to say, well, I got, I got a billion dollars. It's not going to work. Not going to work. Not at all. Not at all. It's like a woman having the baby in the womb and, you know, that, that baby can't do anything because it's not here yet. It hasn't been born yet. There's not going to be any going to heaven until you're born again. That's what Jesus said. And that means you've got to repent. Be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. You repent. We'll baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Have a nice tank back here. And God will fill you with the gift, the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Everybody said amen. amen. Give God another big hand. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God. And everybody said praise the Lord. Well, I'm so glad you're here, and we're here, and God's here. We're going to worship him a little bit further. And part of worship is we give an offering to the Lord, our tithe and offering. So everybody said, God bless the offering. Jesus' name.